Welcome back to the Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. And Jack, I have a little surprise for you. I don't, we didn't talk about this offline, so you don't know this, but this is just past our one year anniversary of the Rec Center. So, oh, uh, was it one year? It was when I looked it up because I was like, I think it was after this Halloween weekend. And the funny thing is, I ended up going to Seattle again for Halloween this year. And I think it was on the drive back from Seattle, which is what I did last year. I think it was on the drive back that I called you and I was like, let's do a podcast. I have free time, which, yeah, I think it was that. And then we started on November 2nd of 2020. How was uh, Halloween in um, Seattle? It was good. It was a lot of children and dogs, which is fun. It's like the new, it's the new world order, you know? No, yeah, totally. Do I know? I was at a party on Saturday. Uh, It honestly, oh, so it was a party for a three-year-old, Emery. She turned three on Sunday, Halloween. Party was Saturday. It was honestly one of the more epic parties I've been to in the last five years. It was like the adults had so much fun? No, no, no. no. But well, adults and kids. I mean, there was a couple of kegs and like beer and wine assorted, obviously. Taco truck jumpy house trampoline uh pinata wow it was rad there was a legit i think at its apex there was 75 people in their backyard so the trampoline sounds dangerous did you jump on the trampoline also the bounce yeah but it's one of those safe but... it's one of those safe trampoline i mean there's no dangerous trampolines in 2021 right they have like the netting around it and like no mm-hmm. adults were on there i did not go into the jumpy house, nor did I venture onto the trampoline. Okay. So that's, again, with the, the reason I say it's dangerous, like with drinking, it feels like the kind of thing that you and others would like drink and then jump on the trampoline, jump. In oh the yeah. House. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. If there were no kids there, it would have been awesome. But you know, I'm at the age where I'm like, I, I'm like, honestly concerned. I'm going to hurt one of the kids and the, you know, <laughs> so I could have gotten, and there were, there was comments. I was just at the taco. There were comments about how, you know, one or more, one or two more glasses of wine and I'd be in there with the kids. And I was like, I don't know. I think I could get legit blacked out and I would still have enough presence of mind to not ruin this birthday party. I, That's I respect maturity. that. <laughs> I respect that. You're growing. That is, that is personal growth. I do think you're also at risk of injuring like you don't need any more injuries you're at risk of injuring yourself you oh, oh I'm at, I'm at, back I'm issues at a, yeah pivotal point i could you, i could really screw up the rest of my life well, i was gonna say you well that for your back but you also could have pulled a cc sabathia and sprained an ankle you know there's there's just too many bodily issues did he did he sprain an ankle in um did he sprain an ankle in a jumpy house it was a trampoline. Oh, it was, was trampoline? um Google CC Sabathia trampoline. Oh, no, I won't. Will there be images of his ankle going the wrong direction? I don't think so. It, well, I think I think people were curious. Remember when Dustin Johnson um, fell on wood with his socks on? Like he yeah, he he, he he fell downstairs. That, that's what I'm saying. Story so gave. I I think yeah. it was I think the CC Sabathia thing was similar where, where people didn't necessarily believe him. Where it was like oh I jumped on a trampoline like that's all you know that's what it was. From my understanding, with the Dustin Johnson, he was hammered with John Rom and they were wrestling. <laughs> Wait, and John I- Rom like effed him up pretty good. This is my first of all. That's funny. I I don't think I had ever heard that, but. 
my remembrance of the situation with Dustin Johnson was that it was a long time ago, like before John Rom entered my brain as a girlfriend. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. John Rom was on the scene. It was like 2017, but John Rom was definitely a player really? at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that being okay. I, I maybe remember. 20. Honestly, that was pre rehab, wasn't it? Maybe, maybe 2018. Maybe it was 2018 would, U.S. Open. He was post rehab in. Oh, God. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. The no, he's, thing, he was, was rehab. He was rehab like 2013. He was <laughs> rehab getting, a long time ago. We're getting off the uh, deep end here. I hope everyone enjoyed our athletes and their injuries and substance abuse issues portion of the podcast. Um, that's all I have on Dustin and CC, DJ and CC. Um, don't jump on trampolines when you've been drinking. I don't know that CC was drinking. I just, that's like a famous trampoline ankle foot injury. It might've been a knee. He's a pitcher. So anyway, so we can talk about TV. Anything else from the weekend? I had a good weekend. A lot of children, a lot of trick, a little cute trick. You know, it's cute when they trick or treat, they fake trick or treated. It was cute. Yeah, no, I did not go trick or treating. I was invited to go hang out with some kids and do some trickery and treating, but uh, I thought I had to work early Monday morning. And then I checked my schedule and I actually didn't have to work early Monday morning. But at that point, it was too late. It was already like 6 30 p.m. And I was actually kind of relieved. I was like, oh, I'm home. I'm have a nice glass of wine and maybe drift off to sleep by 8 30 that how sad is that i was like thrilled to have that as an option i think well Halloween first of all night. i think a lot of adults feel that way all the time i think everyone's allowed those once in a while but i also do think the sunday night trick or like sunday night halloween is kind of the worst it's one thing if it's a wednesday especially when you're a kid it kind of broke up the week and you had a fun night with your friends but a sunday night halloween like we all did stuff on saturday so who really needs to trick-or-treat on a sunday night uh yeah i think it's it's ideal if you're in college because you know how there's oh in your when you're in college it's like do you part let's say halloween's on a wednesday so you party the friday saturday before so you're partying on like what the 26th 27th i mean yes and then do you party the weekend after there's always no. and do you actually do something on wednesday yeah a little something the, that's the exact schedule for college Halloween. You do the Friday, Saturday before. I mean, honestly, at some schools, state schools probably did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the week before. Let's be honest, maybe even more than that. But you do Friday, Saturday, the week before, and then, and then something you do on Halloween the night, yeah. and then it's over. That I mean, that's what... And again, like if it's a Wednesday, it breaks up the week. It's something to do on a Wednesday. But I mean, I in my memory of college Halloween, that if it was a Wednesday, that one was always more chill than the Friday, Saturday before. I was never a big Sunday partier in college. No, it's awful. Uh, but then post-college, like two, three years post-college, I kind of got into it, the Sunday fun day thing. And uh, Monday and Monday just got worse and worse. Um, the Seattle, there's a Seattle contingent of our mutual friends who were huge Sunday fun day people. Like Sunday was the pinnacle of the weekend friday and saturday were like warm-ups to sunday afternoons i i am aware of that contingent that part of that contingent started in started that that vibe in college on sundays they realized like downtown spokane had a ton of oh right all day all day happy hour yeah 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 that's and yeah god damn it that's the world's changed. That's a sign of inflation, isn't it? When there's no more happy hours. No more old. I know. Ha, ha, did happy COVID, hour does not exist. Anymore. But did COVID kill happy hour? I, if you live in like 
no offense to Spokane, if you live in like an actual real city, there are no happy hours. I mean, there's none in Portland. I'm sure right. people are going to be like, oh, there's, I know of this one in Portland. Like, for the most part, there's none in Portland. And that I would, I would argue that's as much of a city as Spokane. That's a check in the, in the suburban column. Because the further away from the city center you get, when there's less and less population where, you know, barkeeps need to actually attract people to their establishments on during certain portions of the day, that's when you get good happy hours. In major city centers, no chance at 3.30 p.m. on a Thursday you're finding a, a good happy hour, if you're finding one at all. Maybe a dollar off a Jaff's beer or something stupid like that. I want people to let us know if they still go to happy hours or know of any, because honestly, like I'll say let's meet for happy hour, but I just mean that as a time of You mean like date? You mean like afternoon drinking? Yeah. Drinks right when work ends and like yes. preferably maybe if work ends a little early that day. Yeah. Maybe a little flex Friday action. Happy hour means meeting at three or four, but it's just a time. It has nothing to do with deals. Right. Or no, no, no. Is that the I, right? Occasionally I'll still hunt for a good happy hour, but it is a futile exercise. That's fair. If you Google in like San Francisco best happy hours and then you get, yeah, it's, it's awful. It's terrible. Applebee's Fisherman's Wharf, San Francisco used to have an unbelievable happy hour. Applebee's like, had a late night happy hour used to crush in Spokane. It was you, right? Uh, it was Applebee's not just me. It was hour? a, it was a number of media people well, <laughs> and it wasn't a late night happy hour. It was when, they would have the $1 specialty cocktails. For a month, they had $1 Long Island iced teas. Wasn't it at night or was it any time of the day? It was any time of the day. Oh. $1 Long Island iced teas. And then May, they had $1 margaritas. We, okay. I mean, we did both. And they, it's limitless. It's crazy. There is no, we had no shame. But strength in numbers kind of thing. Like You definitely can't go just one or two people and feel good about ordering seven Long Islands. You have to go with like five people. That's so we did that one time. That's fair. I don't even know that I ever joined in on that. I just feel like I was aware of that. Okay. That might be our longest tangent in a very long time. Let's jump into succession. Um, we didn't do a podcast last week, so we haven't talked about the kids all hanging out together and having this kind of confrontation. Um, I don't have, we don't have to talk about that, but what were your thoughts on, this week, but also you can throw in episodes two and three if you want to do that. Yeah, I when we left off, I I remember saying, I hope that Logan actually steps aside because if he continues to hold on to power, that's lame. We've been doing that for two seasons. I do need to see that we're making some kind of progress. We're taking another step towards an actual succession. And I think we've had that. Uh, Shiv is the president, whatever that means. Jerry is the acting CEO. I love that line when <laughs> um, Logan's like, can somebody make sure our acting CEO is not too active? Yeah. Um, it definitely seems like he's, well, he's taken the biggest steps we've seen in two and a half seasons towards, um, you know, the side of the stage towards the curtain, so to speak. Uh, do you, what is your overall temperature when it comes to succession right now? Cause you were kind of met on it. You admitted. I, so and this is my biggest thing for the week and I will just use it as an overall theme. There is too much conversation about this show 
in the sense that it, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. I think I've probably said that on this podcast a hundred times. It feels Game of Thronesy to me where it feels like everyone in the world is watching this show and is talking about this show. And it's something because I'm on Twitter too much. I think a lot of the conversation I hear is people on Twitter. And I, I do think that that the people I follow just tweet about the show constantly. So when I, I am still meh on the show, but mostly in comparison to the fact that everyone else is so excited. And with this week specifically, I'm, I've been watching this show on like Mondays. I'm not always watching Sunday night. And I feel like everyone's like, oh, it was so, this is the one we've been waiting for. This was so good. I can't wait till next week's episode. So I just went into it with, like, it's never a blank slate with Succession because there's a hundred people talking about it. And again, I think people are very high on the show. So when I go into it and I'm like, oh, what's going to be, I mean, I guess the FBI stuff would be the crazy thing, but like, what's going to be the crazy thing everyone was talking about? And then I'm like, oh, okay. I liked it. And I agree. I just don't it, share sorry. the enthusiasm. That's it. I agree. It is. It's definitely the cool kid, the cool kid table coastal elite show. Like you have <laughs> to be watching the show to feel like you can bring something to the table Monday at school. Um, I would recommend this to people who are feeling the same way as Lindsay. I totally understand. I see where you're coming from. You're like, people, are we just liking this show because people like it? You know what I mean? Um, is this show good because people say it's good and we're supposed to fall in line kind of thing? I would recommend watching it once, letting it wash over you, watching something else, and then watching it straight away. There are a million tiny little lines that you will pick up on that you miss. It will make 10 times more sense because once you watch it and you have the bare bones, you know where it's headed all of a sudden you watch it again and there's a ton of holes that you didn't even realize were in your brain that are filled. Just that's with anything. It was the same kind of thing with game of Thrones when it's that dense and there's like no throwaway lines watching it again is such a rewarding experience and not just like making sense of the characters development, their own personal journeys, the plot line, et cetera, but like the brilliant one liners that you, that anyone would miss the first time through. I watch with closed captioning on for that reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I, I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Um, but I, I, I will say, I don't know that I'm willing to give two hours of uninterrupted time to the show, which is part of why I've been watching it on Mondays. I don't, coming off I Sunday Night Football, that. like I kind of like, I don't always want to watch it coming off Sunday Night Football because I have been, I mean, sometimes a lot of that's like background noise TV, if the, whether the game's good or not. But I don't always want to sit there and intently watch something on Sunday nights because I have been watching too much TV on, you know, on that Sunday. And so then I ended up watching it on Mondays, but I don't necessarily want to give it an extra hour of revisiting every week. I don't have a ton of like fully uninterrupted, like when I'm watching succession, I'm not doing anything else. And obviously I'm queen of like background noise shows and like put on a show and do seven other things. That's yeah. You can't do that with this show, which I, which I don't, but I'm not fully willing to give it two hours of that versus the one. Okay. If you out there are nodding in agreement with Lindsay, then I would recommend this. Watch it whenever you watch it. Sunday night, Monday afternoon. I don't care. Watch it the next day again. I promise you it's going to, it's going to hurt finding the icon and pressing play again. But Two scenes in, you're going to be thankful you're doing it because I, I it, it 
it is a rewarding rewatch. And just because you know the FBI is going to storm into Waystar, Raystar Waco, Waystar Raco, Waystar Waystar Royco, Roy, just because you know the FBI and are they're going to show up in all their windbreaker glory, does it? It's not going to ruin the episode for you. Um, and and yeah, I, I am with you on. People might be too hyperbolic saying this is the greatest show of all time, but I do think we're just so thirsty for that communal experience of watching a show one night together and then talking about it the next day. That's what I mean with the Game of Thrones thing. People miss miss that with Game of Thrones. And that's what I mean with the Game of Thrones comparison is I do think people miss that and people are like reaching for that again, which is fine. It's a great show. I think this show is great. I'm a day one watcher of the show. I watched episode one when it premiered and I've been, I've never been out. I've thought it's gotten better with every episode. I really like the show. I just, there is a, a crazy enthusiasm for the show right now that I'm not fully at that level. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I had something I was going to say that was so enlightened and so poignant and people were going to go, God damn it. That's a good fucking point. You think of that, and I'll say two other um, quick points that I actually, well, yes. So one part of the problem with like, there's too much conversation around the show is people's opinions get into my head more so than they normally do. And someone tweeted this week before I watched the episode that they think Tom is wearing a wire. And so I watched all of Tom's episode mm. and I, th- I think it was kind of a joke, but then you watch Tom's, I thought it was a joke. But then mm-hmm. you watch Tom's scenes with that in mind. And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. I think Tom's wearing a wire. Totally. There, there is a subplot developing with Tom that, again, if you, if you watch episodes two and three again with that in your, in your mind, you will notice a ton of scenes that end with like a lingering shot of Tom pulling out his phone, looking down that you otherwise wouldn't give a second thought to. And the way uh, Tom, f- Tom is up to something. He doesn't. Yeah. He the show is leading you to believe that he's ready to lay down for the family, in order to long term like curry favor when he's out of jail in five years or however long it's going to be. That's I don't think that's the case. I think Tom wearing a wire is a and a it, decent theory. It makes more sense when you also when you go and thinking that, and then you listen to the way that he phrases things, like he's he's leading the witness every time, and that's why I'm just like. Wait, is this real? Like, but it's hard. It's hard not to watch it through everyone's jokes or opinions or whatever. Tom hosting the event for the advertisers. And then Hugo tells him that the FBI is there. (laughs) Not to alarm anyone, but there, it has come to my attention that there are agents of the federal variety who have entered the building. <laughs> I almost like feel like Tom, like I almost would have expected Tom to just not even tell them it was FBI. I just be like, Oh, um, there's actually something going on. We need to get out. Like I would have thought he would have come up with a lie on the spot to break that up. But I mean, just fully putting it out there was like funnier, I guess. And uh, I think I tried to make this point two weeks ago, but I couldn't really get the words out. But Tom's a good example of bullying begets more bullying. Like Logan is an asshole to everybody he comes in contact with. He's the sun. He's the center of the universe. S U N. And he's a bully to everybody, but then everybody else to their, all the lieutenants to their underlings are assholes to those people too. Like Tom is so submissive to 
the immediate members of the family. And then he immediately is twice as worse to fucking Greg because he can be. And cause that's all he knows. That's the culture. So There's I, a I, I love phrase. That. There's a phrase that I'm going to misquote, but it's something about shit runs down the something or other. It's, shit runs downhill. I feel like that's not it. I actually don't, I, I don't know, but yes. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, it's always been a theme of the show. That's not new. It's definitely um, a theme with the show, but nobody, nobody has the juxtaposition more than, than Tom. Um, it's so, sure. He's so docile and such like almost cowardice in front of the immediate members of the family. <laughs> he is just an absolute dipshit to Greg. And it's phenomenal. Kendall had a little bit, of, a, a little bit of that too. I think now that he has done the big grand gesture of standing up to his dad, you maybe could say that doesn't count anymore, but Kendall definitely had that prior where he was taking it from his dad and then like giving it to Greg. I mean, we saw with the watch this episode, he definitely has a little bit of that um, too. Also, the the show is getting a little billions vibes with the cultural reference like the the not pop culture well yeah i guess you could say it's pop culture reference to the z-way show um they they called the show something else but it oh was, I, I i thought it was more like last week tonight but same kind of premise yeah so uh, so she i mean she's a she works on a different show but she has a i mean an instagram live show i think it's probably gone bigger than that now but where she calls out celebrities um and like has them on and and puts them on the hot seat quote unquote about their privilege and things like that so it just it was very true to life it was very like ripped from the headlines which i guess a lot of the show is with murdochs and trumps and all that stuff but it it, there's a billions essence that you can't tonight also with the fbi coming in um the whole like how the feds attempt to take down this company but obviously like the money will win um There's there's just a billions vibe is all I'm gonna say. Always justice. Uh, yes, for totally. I think um, I think billions is a little more on the nose with pop culture stuff, whereas billions is a little more nuanced. Um, the president is clearly supposed to be like a Donald Trump kind of person because um, yeah. Logan Roy is supposed to be Murdoch, right? And and they're they're TV station is supposed to be Fox or Fox news. And, um, you know, there's a breakdown in communication between Logan Roy and the president, which means, you know, anytime there's a breakdown in communication, that's, it's bad news. And so they're, they're, they're clearly allies who have drifted apart. Um, I, I, and I love how they just don't come out and say that they like give us credit and let us figure it out ourselves. I love not being treated like an idiot. That's fair. Except for when uh, I need to do homework and I have to ask you for help. Fair. Then I can be an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Um, no comment. So the other thing I was just going to say, my last note on this, and then we can move on, um, or you can throw in any other thoughts, is the, I do think Roman has always sort of been the fan favorite, but this season people seem to really be on Team Roman. And it's like, I and I think we talked about this last time, this idea of are you Team Kendall or are you Team Logan? And everyone's like, well, I'm, team roman like i do think that that he's again in this whole conversation that i cannot avoid in in the world i do think roman's getting a lot of love um yeah a shiv i i think it's gonna end up it's either gonna end up blowing up and they they dissolve the company or i think 
what will happen is, you know, Logan will die. Um, Kendall will self-disrupt, self-destruct. You got it. Bingo. Um, And Shiv will like bow out and get back into politics and it'll land right in the lap of, of Roman. Yeah. (laughs) Which I I mean, we can continually pose theories of how this whole thing ends. Cause I don't think Logan dies till the last season. And I don't know if they'll do five or if they'll try to do six seasons. No, yeah. not dying for a long time. I, I think the showrunners are smart enough not to overplay this hand. You you'd rather end a season too early than end a season too late with something like this. That's a very Bill Belichick way to do things. I just don't know what like money talks. And I think that's also a theme of yeah. the show. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know that they, maybe they've said that they're only doing four and they know that I, maybe there's, maybe that's out there, but to my knowledge, um, I don't know. And I could see them stretching it to six, even if it doesn't need six. The, the last point I'll add, and I don't know if we've ever done this, talked about this, but um, it, I'll, this is not my original idea. But the cinematography on this show adds so much that makes it makes the handheld cameras in this show of like people just walking around and you're never focused directly on. Or I should say in, in a lot of scenes in like a boardroom scene where you're moving around, you're moving, the camera's moving. It's not focused on anybody that adds a certain amount of anxiety and realism to it that is super unique to this show. It feels like guerrilla warfare kind of deal. You're just bouncing around. It feels very real. It feels documentary almost. I was going to say it feels like Peterberg Friday night lights. It does it feel does- like Peterberg Friday night lights. It feels uh, if uh, actually it feels very Peterbergy. I love Peter. Shout out to Peterberg. Interesting. Yeah. Wrap your brain around that one. Um I will go first if you are okay with that and I actually I always say that it's going to be quick, but I do have a quick one to start us off. Uh, are you good? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Having a blast. My first wreck of the week is something very unlike Succession that nobody talks about, but is also on HBO. Max Love Life is back mm-hmm. for season two and three episodes are out. It just came out uh, end of October. So I think it's week to week from now on when they initially did the Anna Kendrick season, which is season one, which I also recommend they, I believe did chunks. So they did like three, four and three, or I don't remember the exact thing, but I'm, I'm unsure of the release schedule of this. If it is going to be one a week now that they have put the three out. Um, I only knew this show was coming back because I follow HBO max on Instagram. They, I've seen no promo for the show. I mean, I guess part of the point is when you pull up, your HBO max to watch succession. Like you're supposed to see this show somewhere. It was not served to me on my, these are shows we think you'll like, which is weird. Cause I watched season one. So it's the algorithm doesn't even have to do anything. I, I teed that one up for you. So no one is talking about the show. I hear zero conversation about it. I think you did watch the first season. Did you watch the Anna Kendrick season? Yeah, I started it and I was kind of into it. And then I was just like, meh. I see what they're trying to do and I'm just not feeling it. They started the format I thought was supposed to be one relationship per episode. And then in the middle of the season in season one, I think they were like, "Um, let's not do that. And so then one guy sticks around for like three or four episodes. 
it kind of takes it. So this isn't a new premise, right? Um, I think this was a rom com. It's it's it well, like Sex in the City was kind of the first. I mean, Sex in the City was a comedy, but had uh yeah no i see the themes this is just um and then high fidelity i think is the best version of this kind of storytelling the zoe kravitz one both the movie and the zoe kravitz one because you can't take yourself too seriously i get bored i need to laugh a little bit you thought love life took itself too seriously yes okay i don't think it was just too i thought it was just too melodramatic there was um well speaking of cultural references there was a um oh my gosh the Knicks Jeremy Lin there was like a Jeremy Lin joke in there like I, I don't know I not that like you can't tell jokes and take yourself seriously but I do think that the show like it was kind of goofy and it's Anna Kendrick I don't know I think that her whole essence the whole point of Anna Kendrick is that she's like this little perfect thing but she doesn't take herself too seriously like that's her brand like self-deprecating tiny human being is her entire brand so I don't I. I enjoyed season one. I wasn't like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. It technically launched HBO Max. I don't think it was really supposed to, but essentially it, it ended up being their first original show, I think. And the fact that it's back for season two and they've really done no promo for it is strange. This season is, she is tangentially around. She pops in. She's like friends with the person who, or friend of a friend of a friend with the person who's the, the um, main character who is Chidi from The Good Place. I forgot to look up the actor's name, but it's Cheaty. I will always think of him as Cheaty. And it's good. It's three three episodes in. It's good. It's enjoyable. I recommend it. I don't know where they're going to take this one. And the formula is definitely off, but it's a good, enjoyable show. It's a rom-com. It's funny. It's cute. Watch it, even though HBO is not going to tell you to watch it. Yeah, I think HBO is trying to take a... Um, page out of the Netflix book where if they just keep putting content out there, they can save on marketing. Like they don't have to market every single thing they put out there and they're going to save a ton of money. I just don't think they're there yet. And I, again, I resent. Oh, they're I definitely resent not the f- there. They're definitely yeah. not there yet. I resent the fact that this was not served to me. I had to go to the search bar and type in love life again, well, because I saw it there. That's I another thing. I, the full episode, full episode run of season one. Love life is made for you. Yeah, love life I, and again yeah for your sure. algorithm doesn't have to do anything like it's just me i watch i actually think my sister went on there and watched made in manhattan um on mine but like i watch the rom-coms i watch like i'm telling you that i like these things and you are not putting it on my homepage as just added just added is like a random collection of superhero movies when have i when have i made you think hbo max that i want to watch a superhero movie because nothing that I've done has told you that and you're not serving me lovely. It just doesn't make sense. Maybe they don't have an algorithm. Maybe it's just like here's what everyone gets. Yeah, I don't know if they have enough content to have an algorithm as of yet. I, I just, mean, they, with their Warner Brothers stuff, they've got a ton of things but I mean, the, like the Netflix catalog is just so silly. Can you uh, hear the person firing off fireworks outside, by the way? Did you just hear that? It, it stopped. Fireworks are no. quick. I'll tell you if it no. goes off again. Um, it's November 3rd and Halloween was four days ago. They do them. On, anyway, anyway uh, Love Life is good. I recommend it. You give me your rec. <clears throat> what grade would you give 
love life, Lindsay. So overall, the first three episodes, this is um the standard me answer, but it's three and a half stars. And if if it continues to it could go south, but if it continues to like stay on this path, I would say it's four stars at the end. I'm just not, I'm a little unsure. So like this again, part of the elevator pitch for the, the show is overall was it's her love life. And she's looking back on like these relationships and you just see like, you know, the person she dated for this three months in this time. And you just go through all of them. And season two definitely breaks that format. It starts out with a married guy. Um, spoiler alert. It's not, it's in the first episode, but he gets divorced. So then I guess it's who he dates after this, but like the most recent episode, he didn't even date anyone. It was just like a weird incident in a part. Like he's not actually dating anyone, which I guess is maybe the point that like, maybe that's modern dating is you don't actually have to have six month relationships. Sometimes it's just like one person who comes into your life for whatever short period of time it may be. Um, I don't know. Anyway, they really broke the format. It's either going to annoy me if they don't get back on track or maybe I'll come around to it. Are you dating someone in Portland? No. Have you been to Portland? Mm. Mm. Um, why? <laughs> Cause you, uh, you, you had this tone in your voice. You're like, maybe that is just how it is dating. Well, no, I, I, I think it's like a commentary on the, the first episode was very neat and tidy. A guy comes in her life. She and dates them for, wait, oh, by the way, don't toss an entire metropolitan area under the bus like that. Like there's like, there's no way you could possibly meet a man at your standards in the entire Portland area. It's not standards. It's just a general. I also like I'm in the suburbs and I'm not like socializing. I also have one. Yeah. I might have a little bit more something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. I also have one foot at the door. Um, metaphorically speaking, but no, um, sorry to Portland. It's a very specific, it attracts. So Denver attracts a very specific type of person. Portland attracts a very specific type of person. Whereas like a bigger city like San Francisco or LA, you would have more diversity because there's so many people there. But in the city that is Portland, it's a lot of a specific vibe that might not be my vibe. Um, all sense. right. Yeah. No. Um, apologies to all the IPA beard wearing, yeah, like- <laughs> IPA drinking, beard wearing, non-umbrella enthusiasts I, does that sound like someone you've seen me with before not really um yeah you never know might surprise yourself uh i'm gonna go uh season 11 i believe 10 or 11 maybe nine, nine like modern family where are you going with this curb your enthusiasm oh, okay is uh you're not a curb person you're you i don't know yeah um no i've it's fine i was too young and i never got into it when i was on syndication when it was when it was on syndication i never got into it um i don't seinfeld very much stands out today you could dial up any seinfeld episode preferably the larry david seasons but any seinfeld episode stands out it's something i might like to say something it's something i might do if i have like a surgery and i'm like homebound and i'm like looking for things to binge yeah, um, you never, but you never would. You would rewatch Made in Manhattan before you embarked on Seinfeld. I honestly might. Serendipity's no, on Netflix, by the way, would. in case anyone was wondering. Um, I do think it's on, it went to Netflix, right? There was like a big promo bush for that. Seinfeld. Seinfeld. 
obviously curves. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Snapple's on. Snapple's. So it's, it, it's accessible to me. Um, the thing with curb, I don't like awkward situations and that's what that show is. I don't like to watch people feel awkward or like be in awkward situations. So it's just not my thing. Yeah. But they, they, they pay you at the end of the awkwardness. You do have to sit through some uncomfortable social situations, but at the end of the day, at the end of the episode, just like in Seinfeld in the last often 20 to 25 seconds, they tie every single storyline together and it's, it's, it's awesome. And recently, Curb always kind of did this, which is which is what set the show apart. But recently, they have these storylines throughout the season that come in and out. In the finale, like the last four minutes of the finale, they tie all of these little um, strings together. I know that's nothing new. People were screaming at their phones, radios, wherever, and uh, telling me it's nothing new. But they've they've really stepped up their game in terms of um, putting a bow on a number of themes at the end of the season or the, yeah, the end of the season. Um, Big concern obviously is Larry David getting old AF. He's 74 (laughs) years old. He has to stop the show at some point, right? Right. But what's brilliant about the show is I think this is the first one in, in first season in a couple of years. Yeah. He took took COVID off. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He he operates on his own schedule. He's taken two, three years off before. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using the fact that Larry David's getting really old as part as like fodder for the show, and they're doing it in such a way that he's aging on screen, but doing it on his terms, and we're laughing with him. It's real. It's it's hard to explain, but it's really remarkable what he's doing. Um, I love it. I'm it, I, so we're two episodes in. It's not near like top level curb, but it's it's serviceable. I just want to it, say it's fun seeing John Ham play John Ham. I did hear he was in that. Um, I do want to say when I recommended Handmaids, you got mad at me and said that's like recommending Modern Family. I feel like this is like recommending Modern Family. Well, you were recommending Handmaids about. Three years after Handmaids was good. Is it... Oh, <laughs> because the show wasn't good anymore. No, because it's that not was the good issue. Anymore. I thought the it's issue was that anymore. I your your issue was that I was recommending a show everybody already watched because yes. it had won Emmys and things. But everyone yes. that everyone that's going to be a curb person is already a curb person. Uh I but I I think it's worth mentioning the new episode or the excuse me the new season. That's right. And again, being... I'm not I'm not I'm not recommending Curb as as an idea to anybody. I just wanted to dabble in the, into the, um, the standalone season here. That's fair. I have no problem with this. I don't think that there should be any rule that we can't recommend things that have been on the air for like 11 years, as you say, or more if he took that long break, but I'm just pointing oh, out. It's been on the air. You'd realize it's been on the air for 20 years. Curbs 20 years old. That How makes crazy me feel that? old because I feel like I remember when it came out. Uh, Are you sure? Two, Yes, it's twenty. The first When's episode, it? the first season was two thousand one, maybe two thousand. Honestly, actually, it may even be older. Hold on, hold the There's phone. no way. No, yeah, it is. There's no way Curb existed in a pre nine eleven world. Uh, there is a way. Okay, we're Enthusiasm googling them. Enthusiasm. Initial premiere date one. Pen, a tent, pants, pants, tent. It's a great as the pilot. Oh, that's what uh, it's. Let's go. IMDb season one. Yeah. 
the 15th of October, 2000. Wow. 20, 21 years ago. The pants tent. Do you know what the premise of that is? No, but. You know, when guys sit down and Larry, it's corduroy pants. He's a big corduroy pant guy. For most dudes, it's chains. And when you sit down, your pants go up like a tent. And so it looks like. At the zipper? Yeah. So it looks like there, it potentially could be uh, arousal. Yeah. I mean, I think the phrase is pitching a tent. Yeah. This is called the pants tent. Okay. Um, I It's not that I don't think Curb is funny. I just so deeply know that Curb is not for me. And I think that I'm allowed that opinion. I have seen episodes of Seinfeld. I don't know that I've ever sat through a full episode of Curb, but I have seen like clips, obviously, because... It's Curb, and it's impossible. Well, to maybe I should recommend it to you. Curb, Curb is brilliant. Oh, that's all I'll say. I don't disagree. I just, I really, I don't want to feel more uncomfortable than I have to. Okay, are we done with Curb? Yeah. Um, I have a super random Netflix crime show recommendation. It is, oh no, Danish. It's Danish. It's called The Chestnut Man. Has this popped up on your homepage at all? Uh, it, what is this, Netflix? No. Netflix, the chess I'm in. I don't even really know how it found me, aside from the fact that it's crime, but it's it's in Danish, so it is fully, you're, you're reading subtitles the whole time. I want to say it's like six episodes. It is so, it's an interesting, well-done crime show. It is so grisly, though. Like, what they show, I don't know if that's like a European thing. Um, I don't remember British crime shows being that much more graphic than American crime shows. This, it is like very graphic and very grisly and a lot of like cover your eyes. It also has the horror movie jump scares a little bit. It's not supposed to be like a true horror film show, whatever. It's not like haunt, Haunting a Field House or what that one. I don't know. Um, it's not like that, but it, but it does have jump scares for sure. And there's, there's really creepy moments. There was a lot of covering my eyes and ears for me. Um, but it's good. It's... It's three stars, which is just like a right down the middle. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things where if you really are looking for, there's not a lot of good crime shows right now. Like, am I right? On TV. Like, like who done it? Yeah. Because obviously like mayor was mayor and then everything else we've talked about. We haven't talked about a good crime show in a long time. You've seen safe, right? We've talked about this. I, I didn't like it for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, any well, of the it's, Harlan- definitely a, it's definitely a page out of like the British whodunit book. A small like, town, everyone's a suspect. And then honestly, maybe the last person you ever expected did it, did it. To have yeah. Done it. So, and that's kind of what, this is a similar thing, but with safe, I watched I think five episodes. I do think those ones were longer. Um, like more. Episodes. Yeah. Safe was a little bit more like episodes, American right? style. Yeah. That's it. It just wasn't, like the, the bodies they show in this are just really gross. And again, it's like they they want you to be scared. There's a lot of stuff where they're like actively trying to scare you like the ring girl is about to jump out at you. Um, but it's but I enjoyed it. And I do. I just enjoyed the I enjoyed the whodunit of a crime show because I, I feel like I haven't had that in a while. And I enjoyed trying to figure out who done it. And that's what the show is. I wouldn't watch it alone. Um, but I mean, I survived and the chestnut man has not come to kill me. I thought it was maybe going to be like a slender man mythical thing. 
I mean, Slenderman, the murders were not mythical, but that kind of a con, but it's not mythical at all. It's very like rooted in reality, which is a bonus for me. Good reality route. Um, Have I already mentioned dope sick? Yes, you did it last time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting lazy. Um, I was trying to think of what else I've watched. Uh, I saw Dune. Have you seen Dune? No. Gotta see Dune in theaters. Mandatory, mandatory theater viewing. I know. I know. I'm late to the party. You know who also mandatory theater viewing for Dune. I just want to point out. Speaking of rom coms in my genre, um, Mindy Kaling also tweeted that exact take, and it was like, I don't want to be that person, but mandatory theater. She's right. She's absolutely right. It's night and GD day. Um, so do yourselves a favor, go see it in IMAX. If you can, it is spectacular. Um, no, but dope sick. <laughs> you did it last I know, week. I know. I know. I, I was warm on it last week or two weeks ago. I'm scalding hot on it now. It's getting that, a lot of good. Dope sick will win, uh, best miniseries. It is, it is stupid. Good. It's incredible. Will Poulter must have been doing promo for a different thing he's in because he was. Um, I saw he was all over my timeline this week. I think he had something else, but he's jacked. Yeah, he's the he's kid humongous. From, um, His arms are like comically large. What would people? He's the kid from what? I can. I mean, I really. I can see his face. Um, he's like. Where the kid, Millers? Yeah, like he's like a a kid in a bunch of goofy kind of movies from probably when he was like 16 or I mean whatever and he's like a grown-up now and it's one of those like want to feel old kind of things but he he keeps popping up on my timeline and so therefore dope sick has been all over everything I've seen this week I think I just need to look at Twitter less have you not have you not seen it no I've been putting it off would you like me to talk about it or you want to keep talking about your timeline I've been putting it off. You talked about it last week. We did this two last weeks ago. Week. Two weeks ago. Well, and I've the watched last it time we were more episodes. Okay. It's, it's dope sick is so good. If you're not doing it yet, get into it. Like I said, I know, I know, I know, and this is going to sound bad, but it's true. You kind of have uh, opioid pandemic, epidemic, whatever you call it, fatigue. The way they do, the way they tackle it is so good. And, uh, you, you know, you watch it and you know, who's going to get addicted and you know, it's going to be sad and you feel like you're kind of guarded against it. They find a way to hit you where it hurts. Like they find a way to make you sick to your stomach, watching these people's lives crumble. <laughs> I hate to be so enthusiastic. This sounds it. very Chern- Chernobyl-esque. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned Chernobyl in connection with this last time, but this sounds very like want to be super depressed. Watch this show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. I mean, they just do a good, such a good job of showing, you know, putting a face on uh, the statistics of people who were dying as well as, you know, all the roadblocks and challenges that the DOJ and DEA were facing in and are still facing when it comes to, when it comes to, yeah, getting, getting the, uh, the pills off the street. I've had a number of back surgeries. I guess now I'm happy I wasn't around or I didn't have the back surgeries when Oxy was being handed out left, right, and center. (laughs) I also think it depends on where you're located in the country and like who your doctor is. Because one of the big takeaways from the HBO 
doc on this is that certain doctors were just so happy to push this stuff. And it just like, it really affected if you just happen to get one of those doctors, like they could just be pushing on you. Right. But they get into that. I think it was Maine, West Virginia and Florida were the, uh, the first States that Purdue rolled it out. And they really did think it was a miracle drug. So those regions of the country were hit hardest because yeah, doctors were like, Oh, you have a toothache. Boom. Here's 80 milligrams of oxy. And like, it's, it's a hell of a painkiller. The drug works. It's just outrageously addicting. Um, yeah, no, dope sick. Get into it. Just Michael Keaton at his very, very best. God bless Michael Keaton. I know I said this two weeks ago, saying it again. Michael Keaton will be nominated at least for both a Golden Globe and an Emmy. That's it. I'm done. Um, dope sick on Hulu, correct? Yep. And is it going to fit? Like, what's the schedule? I need schedule. I need to know. It, it drops. I mean, if you start it now, you're golden because I think there's six or seven episodes out and there's only nine or 10. So they, but they drop on Wednesday evenings at eight o'clock, I believe. Okay. Um, anything else? I just have a Hulu footnote. Do you have something else on Topsick? I have a Hulu footnote, which is that only murders finished a week or two ago and like great show. I recommend it to everyone. It's very entertaining. It's funny. It gets better as it goes. The ending's great. I'm unclear if there's going to be a season two. That seems open. I can't imagine getting those three people's schedules lined up again. So maybe they're just leaving us in space, but like four stars bordering on 4.5. It was such a surprise. I really went in with low expectations because um, I wasn't sure what it was going to be with the with the guys they got, and it was so good. So, do you remember Trevor. Mystery Show with Starly Kine, the podcast? No, I, I mean I feel like I've heard of it. It was five it six years ago. It won like all kinds of awards. It came out like right after um, Serial. Serial, and it was kind of like poking fun at Serial, but also like really interesting. Like the mysteries they would solve was. The first one was how tall is Jake Gyllenhaal? We've talked. You've talked about that. There's, uh, a, she, there's a there's a rec center Instagram post dedicated to that. Very she's thing. a Starly Kine, Kine or Klein. Anyway, if you listen to that podcast, you'll be happy to know that she is one of the head writers for uh, Only Murders in the Building in our building. And do you listen to Dead Eyes? No, but you've re- also recommended you've recommended that. that on the show. Yeah, that guy the host of that has a reoccurring role on only murders oh my god is he is he the cat guy uh is he really tall and has like a weird like oddly high voice yeah i haven't watched murders you should watch i are you i i do think you would watch it um i'm trying not to overhype it because if i do you'll be like oh wasn't that good it's really 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 good like it was such a pleasant surprise I don't know why I went in with low expectations when it was like this star power, very hyped up machine. I just didn't know that it was going to be that good. And I, I like loved it. There's a little funny Tina Fey cameos. Like the, the stars are out and your dead eyes guy is, is there too. And he's hanging with his cat. Um, his cat gets put in a freezer at some point and his leg falls off, which is really <gasps> disgusting. Um, but yeah, it's very, it's very much like poking fun at cereal, but also, you're interested in solving the mystery and the whodunit of the show, but it's about 
friendship and whatever. It's just good. I, I, there's no one I wouldn't recommend it to. There's a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh, you wouldn't like this, Jack. Like, there's no one I would say you'll dislike this. But it does get better as it goes. So you kind of have to be committed. Done. Okay. Uh, anything else for the week? No, I'm so hungry, though. And I have to go to the gym. And it's nine o'clock. And I need the Warriors to win by six. Okay. Root I'm for the Warriors. I already worked out and had dinner. So I'm not in your boat. Can't relate. Best of luck with those things. Go dubs. I look forward to podcasting again in two weeks when you recommend Dope Sick. Okay. I am the worst at this. I just want the people to know that before we started recording, my phone was at 25%. And I like guilty pleasure. I like watching the morning show <laughs> on Apple TV on my phone. Uh, yeah, don't judge me. Uh, while I'm on the elliptical. So it's like, okay, cool. I'll, Lindsay and I will talk for what, 35 minutes, 45 minutes. This was an extra long episode. And I'm staring at my phone right now. It's lying adjacent to the charger, not plugged in. That is such a me move. It's disgusting. I, I hate that. I'm stressed for you. Here's the thing. Put it on the charger. How long is left in the Warriors game? Can you get enough uh, juice? The fourth quarter just started. No, I got to go to the gym because it's nine. And then I'm trying to be in bed oh, before 11. See, see. You know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. You might not be able to watch the morning show. You'll have to You'll have to elliptical without Jen and Reese. And that's the thing, too, because do I listen? Do I watch the morning show all the way until my phone dies? Abs- absolutely not. Or, yeah, I stop at 5% so I can podcast on the way home. Or I can podcast for like an hour on 5%. You have to keep your phone alive is the only option. Keep that phone alive. Okay. See you next week. Bye.